We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Engineer Bob, and circling in our spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. I am your mission commander, Larry. <laughs> Today's episode, we'll talk about Halloween, past, present, and future, and we'll also listen to some guests who we met at Creatures Con 2018. And let's kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Yeah, Halloween was always my very favorite holiday, uh, mainly because I like monsters and ghosts and goblins and all that cool stuff. So uh, growing up, obviously I did what everyone else does, got all dressed up, went trick-or-treating, and tried to get as much candy as I could. But uh, as, as I grew older and I stopped trick-or-treating, then it all became about decorating the house and uh, creating haunted houses and haunted garages and whatever we could think of to try to scare the neighborhood kids as much as we could. As I grew older, older, and had a family and all that, then mm-hmm. uh, I was actually living, living in Hayward, California, Mm. And uh, I would really deck out my house. In fact, I had a competition going with a couple other houses in the neighborhood because we'd have like <laughs> 150, 200 kids would come by. Oh, and so, you know, I would, I had mostly like props and I used to put a screen and a projector over the uh, garage door so it looked like a big TV and oh, run nice. a bunch of clips of monster movies and trailers and everything else. But then I moved <laughs> across the bay and the first year... I decked out the house, went all out, and got like four kids. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so Halloween now is back to uh, watching scary movies and, and giving out a piece of candy or two as people come by. But uh, I usually, usually when I watch movies at Halloween, since I watch horror movies and stuff all year round anyway, is I try to do more of the kind of comedic horror films. Right. Whether that whether that's the Ghost of Mr. Chicken or Fright Night or Young Frankenstein or anything like that, anything that's kind of you know Shaun of the Dead, you know, just to lighten it up and have some fun. Right. But uh, that's pretty much my Halloween's. Although I think next year falls on a weekend again, so maybe I'm going to try mm. to wake up this neighborhood and get them going again. <laughs> Well, you know, we used to try and do uh, up the house like Bob Burns. Uh, of course, we didn't oh, yeah. have all the talent that, you know, Bob Burns had. Uh, but one of the things that I recall is we would uh, we'd get balloons, newspapers, whatever we could, and we'd stuff uh, clothing. We'd make our own mannequin, basically, and we'd lay them out in the front lawn, be it a werewolf or a zombie. But one of the things that we uh, laid out there was actually me dressed up and so the kids would come by to trick-or-treat and they'd kick you know the wolf man and you know his, his hand would come off and then they'd go and they'd you know tickle the zombie and nothing would happen but when they came to like touch frankenstein's hand i'd jump up and go Nah and my mother would get so upset and be like what are we going to do with all this candy you're chasing away all the trick-or-treaters 
<laughs> so uh, we had to kind of tone it down after, after so is a that so while. is that your actual thing just meh actual give us give now? us the good like your actual Frankenstein sound oh blow out the mic it, yeah I'm, I, it's just kind of lean back from the mic on, a little so. bit and let her rip <laughs> Frankenstein so did they kick Frankenstein and <laughs> oh, t- try it one no. more. T- try it one more time. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think everybody kind of has a version of that. I, we used to do that here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything that would scare people. I mean, I had a this mummy that lit up and made noise, and then. I had a fog machine, which I had rigged up to a sensor. So when people would walk up, the mummy would come on and the, they'd be blasted with fog. And Oh, nice. You know. we, we had a limited budget. We, we would get a block of dry ice. And the first couple of years, we'd chip off pieces of the dry ice and kind of set a little fog here and there. We'd, we'd put some in the fruit punch, and it actually carbonates the fruit punch. And then one year, we uh, filled this garbage can with, like, boiling hot water we, we were boiling it on the stove in like all of mom's pots and uh we threw that like 20 pound block of dry ice and it just like and going down the stairs it looked so good it, it lasted all of five minutes but but that was very memorable and very fun karen uh any traditions with you oh i think like you guys you know when you're younger you it's all about the costume and running around but um yeah, we did for a short period of time, and this was right around the time I think Larry, when when you and I met, right? Um, uh, we were decorating the house because uh, similar to Bob, at one point in time we would get like hundreds of kids. It was just insane. Um, I remember the first time I was totally unprepared and I was giving out like uh, granola bars and stuff <laughs> at some, some point. It was just like crackers, anything I could find. Um, but yeah, and I, I almost forgot about this. I remember one year we put put up, we built this huge bat. It was like like a vampire bat that was like human sized, and we hung it up on the porch, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty cool. And then I remember I you, you had to like prime my memory when we built sort of a crashed flying saucer. That was awesome in the lawn. Yeah, and that was pretty neat. Uh, Obviously, never, never of Bob Burns' quality, but right, uh, you know, we did the best we could. Well, our uh, hearts were in it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I did a UFO flying over my roof one time, and uh, basically, what it was was two snow saucers zip tied together with uh-huh. a rope light around the kind of around the perimeter of it, and then I took a hamster ball, cut it in half. <laughs> One half was on the bottom, one half was on the top. Nice. The top was just lit up. The bottom had a strobe, so it looked like. So basically, as it was hovering above the house on this black pole, it would have uh, a rope light, so lights chasing around the perimeter of it, and then the bottom would be blinking, and it looked pretty good. Ah, Very cool. Very cool. Let me ask you guys this now. We all had like... You know, the aliens in the front lawn and the UFO up on the roof and the Frankenstein out in the front lawn. You ever encounter any spirits or maybe visits from vampires or anything of that nature? Not on Halloween. Not on Halloween. (laughs) So intriguing. Yeah. Oh, no, I did. I had a definite ghost encounter you know i didn't really know you know if there was anything any life after death or what happens when you die i just figure oh and you die your conscious just ceases to be right you're just black nothing void right and it was kind of weird trying to think of how you know what would that be like you know you just don't exist anymore so where's your conscious go or whatever but uh now when my mom passed away in the house yeah, I, I went in the back bedroom, and I kept finding the pillows of the bed on the floor. I'm thinking, well, you know, wow. the dog's messing with the pillows. That's what I figured. <laughs> so I shut the door, 
went out, came back, and one pillow was standing on edge, long ways, straight up. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, well, I know my dog can't get through a door, and she definitely doesn't have the talent to do that. So <clears throat> that seemed kind of eerie, strange. Oh, yeah. But, of course, you still try to figure out scientifically how could this happen, you know. But uh, there was also, like, a really sweet smell in the room, which uh, I couldn't get rid of no matter what I did. Vacuum, leave the windows open, Lysol, whatever. Just could not get rid of it. So at the time, uh, my wife had Alzheimer's. So my daughter was over sort of watching her while I was at a trade show. And when I got home that weekend, she said, twice this weekend, I heard stairs, I heard uh, footsteps coming up the stairs. And she says, I know I didn't imagine it because the dog ran over and barked at the door. And she said she'd go and she'd open it up and nothing would be there. So that happened like twice to her. And then when I would be sitting in my sort of TV room, and I could see the front living room out of the corner of my eye, I would see like shadows moving around. And I'd look directly at them, nothing. Wow. I look back, and you could see, you know, corner of the eye, you could see shadows. So this was all getting pretty weird. And so one night I was in the bedroom, and as I was coming out of the bedroom, there's a mirror that you can like look in the mirror and see the living room kind of at an angle. And I looked, and there was somebody standing in the living room. Holy <sighs> now, I couldn't make out male, female, who it was. Just I just knew it was somebody standing there. And I kind of ran around the corner and looked and gone, nothing. So I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, well, you know, your mom probably either doesn't know she passed away or... She's hanging out thinking that she can help you, you know, since I was caring for my wife at the time. Um, maybe she thinks she can help. So you need to go back there and talk to her and tell her it's okay to leave. Interesting. So I thought, eh, you know, what's, what the heck? So I was home one day by myself, and I went back in the back bedroom. I had to do this by myself, otherwise people think I'm nuts. So <laughs> I went back there, and I just had a talk with her and said, hey, you know, there's nothing you can do. Everything's fine here. Go ahead and, you know, you can go if you like or, you know. Again, I don't know if I was sending her off into the void or off to heaven or who knows where. But, you know, it's kind of, there's nothing you can do here. So go ahead and, you know, head for the pearly gates or whatever. So about an hour or two later, smell was gone. And the room had a definitely a, a different feel to it. And so I figured, okay, you know, something happened, you know, whatever. So my daughter came over, and I said, hey, go check out the back bedroom. So she goes back there, and uh, she comes out and says, the room smells totally different, and it feels different. What did you do? I said, well, I evicted Grandma. <laughs> but, uh, but the weirdest thing, though, that's not the end of it. About six months later, I had a problem with my phone. And so I had a guy over from AT&T, and he had to go down in the basement and uh, run a new wire for the phone. So he's down there in the basement for a while, and then he comes upstairs and he asks me, did anybody pass away in this house? And I said, well, yeah, my mom did about six months ago. He goes, yeah, because somebody down there told me to get the hell out. Oh, jeez. And it's like, oh, okay, so I guess you know, maybe there's still someone <laughs> hanging around. I don't know if it's her or somebody else, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I never really, because I used to do audiovisual installs, so I would do that, and I'd be in, you know, dark buildings and stuff, but it was always corporate. But I never thought about the people that did that kind of stuff, you know, whether it's plumbers or electricians or right, know, right. whatever. Well, Just you stuff know, in Bob, people's we were houses, fortunate to yeah. actually talk with Devin Sisk and Ellen McFarland when we were at Creatures Con, and the two of them actually have the Napa City Ghosts and Legends uh, website set up. Uh, we were also fortunate to talk with Mina Harker, who does San Francisco Vampire Tours. 
And if you listeners want to hang on for a minute, we're going to play the audio from our interviews that we took while at Creatures Con 2018. And we want to welcome Ellen and Devin from Napa Ghosts. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having us. We're here at Creatures Con. And uh, first off, I want to ask, what got you into the ghost world, as it were? The ghost world. We're all in the ghost world, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way it is. Um, My experience, um, you want to do yours first? Do yours first. Well, my story is not actually as, as exciting as Davin's is. Um, I'm actually a working medium. I work with law enforcement doing cold cases, missing persons, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, do all my work pro bono. So mm. I, I do, I'm a trance medium. I go into trance and do that. Um, so it's my way of giving back. Um, I was born with my ability. It runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually doubled uh, on my grandmother and my grandfather's side. Um, and yes, I, you know, I do a lot of work with that and uh, give people messages, that kind of thing. Um, I've seen spirits since I was five years old. Oh, wow. Uh, probably before that as well. But um, Your earliest recollection yeah, is around yeah, five. Yeah. Um, but I'm also um, a great lover of history, mm. and I'm also a writer. So I wanted to bring the world of history and paranormal together. So that's actually kind of uh, what put us where we are now. Um, I've done work for the last 25 years in the world of the paranormal, um, all different aspects of it. Oh, that is really good. Yeah, where where, um, where Ellen's a working medium, I'm a working extra large. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's such a bad joke. God, that's horrible. Um, my journey started uh, about 15 years ago. Um, I don't have much as much time as Ellen does in um, I had a near-death experience. Uh, I actually was pronounced dead and pushed away into the little goodbye room. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, but I remember watching all these doctors and everybody work on this guy. And I could see, you know, wife at the end of the table and she's screaming no and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Next thing I know, they part and I see me. Huh. Okay, and I've got like tubes in me. I've got ice all over my body, and they're trying to bring the temperature down. And I end up, uh, I end up going through the tunnel backwards. Because that's a Devon thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't do, I can't do anything normal, so to speak. And uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm on the other side. With the, with the rock and roll red couch. <laughs> Man, you had to bring that up. Huh? <laughs> okay, let me just. Okay, let me explain this couch. There's a lot of comedy. Well, in you obviously have to tell <laughs> us yeah, about the, the other yeah, side. Yeah, we need now. to know now. <laughs> this is like the best kick-ass couch that you find in any rock and roll club. I mean, it's crushed velvet red. It's really nicely designed. It's got cigarette burns in from like Jim Morrison in it. Oh, it's wow. just like you know, like Jimi Hendrix was there at one time. And it was like the best rock and roll couch, right? Right. And I'm just kind of chill, and there's all these trees, and it's all these rolling hills. I'm surrounded by the most intense feeling of love that I've ever felt. I have the overwhelming feeling of coming home. Like, you go away for like three or four months, and then all of a sudden you're back home, and it's going to be good to sleep in your own bed. Right. That's what it felt like. And I was like, it, it was kind of, okay, this is where it gets really weird. Like, it's not weird yet, right? <laughs> there's more. Yeah, there's more. Um these three people came up behind the couch and they started talking and they're like we were with you when this happened and I'm like okay and they start telling me like really bad stories of my life growing up and I'm like okay I get it you're my guardian angels my spirit guides yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you guys want to believe in and the uh, we had this conversation for a little bit and it got to a point where they were like okay well you've been given a great gift. And I'm like, cool, tell me what I won. <laughs> and uh, I was hoping for a 67 GTO. still haven't got that yet. Um, I was given the opportunity to continue on with the work 
or continue on with the journey. Mm. Well, my son, who, who, um, my son who was about three at the time, we were just kind of figuring out that he had or has cerebral palsy. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm like, he's already been dealt a bad hand. There's no way I'm going to bail on him, you right. know? And uh, that's what ultimately made my decision to come back. Uh. Um, meanwhile, back on Earth, I'd been gone for 17 minutes. Yeah. Um, wife is sitting in the room, right. calling everybody, hey, Devin's dead. And of course, I can't do anything right, so I sit up. Scare the holy hell out of her. <laughs> Thank God Walking Dead wasn't on yet. <laughs> I'm sure she would have been the first one to put something in the brain pan. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time. I was in the hospital for like 17, 18 days after that. Oh, wow. Uh, I had third degree burns on the inside of my body. I had a, what ended up sending me over was I had 108, 109 fever. Mm. Um, still hold a record. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those moments I walked around the ER room, it's kind of what I see is what it's like to be a ghost. Um, they're around us constantly, and they're always with us. The thing is, is that people aren't aware of it anymore. Mm. If you go to, if you look at just about any culture in the world, other than the United States, I mean, we're starting to get savvy with it now. But just about every culture in the uh, around the world, they have some kind of ancestral worship. They believe in some kind of spiritual right. spiritualism. So that's cool. That was a long-winded answer. Well, no, I mean it? I don't mean to say it was cool that you died, but it's cool <laughs> that you came back. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Larry. Um, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Glad um, you could be here with us yeah. today. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I'm I'm looking at the brochure, and so. You, it's Haunted Vacaville Ghost Walking Tour, Napa City Ghosts and Legends Walking Tour, uh, tour Sonoma Plaza Ghost Walking Tour. How long have you guys been uh, operating the tours um, in and around the area there? Uh, we've been doing the tours for almost five years now. Mm. It started with just one, Napa. Um, uh, we used to actually do two tours a night in Napa, and then we realized it was going to kill us, so we stopped doing that <laughs> <laughs> and started focusing on another city, which was Sonoma. One show a night, Larry. Yeah. One show a night. <laughs> um, because our, our tours are, are not just, you know, going around. We don't walk around with a lantern and a long coat. We... We actually do a, a mini paranormal investigation. Okay. Um, so you, the guests get to use tools that ghost hunters use out in the field. We give them those, show them how to use them so they have their own experience. Uh-huh. And then we also share the history with them, and we show them our findings. Um, and so each tour actually has grown and grown because you get more validation, you get more things. People come on the tour, and they remember things, or they share their stories if they're local. Um, but we moved on. We, uh, we ended up doing Sonoma. And then uh, we had uh, Vacaville Heritage Council. They stalked us for about a year. <laughs> and they said, you've got to do a tour in Vacaville. So we actually partnered with them. On, and they do the history in Vacaville. Um, and we do the paranormal. And they let us into their building. So we actually go into an old jail in the old town hall. Oh, wow. And do work there. Um, each tour is different. It's, mm-hmm. it's got, each has a different type of a theme. Napa is like mystery scandal. We have a dead serial killer ghost on Napa that we interact with, and we reenact his his wow. demise. He, he's a, he's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, always um, a lot of fun. That yeah. Guy. Does he get paid for this? Or he gets his ego boosted. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he likes that. His story still being told. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and he has a very interesting story where his death wasn't the end of his uh, notoriety. He he ended up in a high school as a teaching skeleton. <laughs> they hated him so much they hung him twice. Yes, they did. Um, uh, Sonoma, we do. It's more metaphysical, touchy feely. Uh, we have child spirit on that. We also deal with Native American stuff. Um, brothel girls that dead hookers sing Devin's hot. That's <laughs> <laughs> all the couch. That's all. It is. Yes, <laughs> you walk around. You, you've been on the rock and roll couch, man. Yeah, and, definitely. Know, they seem to be drawn to him. Spiritual cast, casting couch. Yes. Yes. I like that. 
Um, and on Vacaville, uh, it's, it's like a... It's crazy. It's off the hook. I mean, it's we call the spirits of the town, so you never know who's going to come through. We get people's families. We get spirits of the town. And it's very emotional for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. Um, the next one we're working on is a mobile tour. So we're doing, we have a bus. We're going to be doing the ghost bus tour. Okay, that sounds interesting. Well, when is that going to start happening? Hopefully next year. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because Napa, Vacaville, those towns have been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And California itself has such a rich history. So I can only imagine some of the spirits or contacts that are made and their stories. Uh, has there any been a, a, ever been a time where, uh, you know, the classic movie, you, you hear the voice, get out, get out, or something like that, where they're yes. not friendly? Oh, and, yes. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, Larry, you're adorable. Look at you. <laughs> hey, I, I'm new to all this. So. <laughs> I actually have a story about that, but go ahead. Larry wants a scary story. Yeah. You want to tell him about VC? Do you want to do the tour or do you want to do the... We're also an active team. Um, we just shot a pilot for a show. Oh, wow. Not yeah. on a plane. <laughs> no. Why do you Different. got to say that every time I say that? Because it's funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't help by laughing. So. <laughs> we're, Thank like, you for we're confirming, the, Larry. We're the working married couple. We argue all the time. We're... We're best friends, so get on each other's case. I think we should talk about BC because that was just an amazing, amazing experience. I mean, the whole thing was over-the-top experience. Yes. You know, know? the the thing I'm wondering is why are they so upset or or, uh, disturbed or or, um, angry if if it were a a negative energy or a positive energy? I don't know how to, like, best describe it. Depends on their life experience. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like if you if you die and you're not a happy person and you don't cross over, then you're not going to automatically be happy. You still have to deal with your issues. So that's interesting. The the issues kind of still remain with the spirit. Yeah. Well, we found that there's a there's like a I mean there's literally millions upon millions of different reasons why spirits stay behind. Yeah. Um, I mean it could be something very traumatic, you know, like a murder suicide, something like that, but it could also be something totally mundane as, you know, somebody didn't get the right china. Yeah, that's my not, favorite one. I'm not crossing I until... I didn't get... Grandma, grandma's dishes didn't go to so-and-so, so grandma's going to hang around until they uh, uh, go uh, to the right person. Yeah, people can be petty. Okay? They, and they're like that on the other side. Your personality doesn't change. Yeah. That is so interesting. Bob, do you have any... Questions you'd like to ask our guests or anything? Oh, God. Well, you know, you were talking about the get out thing. Um, My mom passed away like in 2011, 2012. Sorry about that. And uh, we had some encounters in the house there. And uh, a friend of mine said, Well, you got to tell her it's okay to go. She's hanging out, whatever, you know, which I did. And then about six months later, everything stopped. About six months later, I had a guy from AT&T out there to replace a phone line. And he was downstairs, and he comes up, and he goes, did anyone ever pass away in this house? I'm like, yeah, my mom did. He said, somebody down there told me to get the hell out. (laughs) (laughs) And I never really thought about that, because I used to do, like, audiovisual installs, but in, like, corporate environments. Mm -hmm. And I never really thought about the guys at, like, Mm AT&T and whatever that go into houses and do this. Right. he said, yeah, he, he, every once in a while he'll be crawling under a house and feel someone grab his leg and, you know, nothing's there. Or he was in uh, one house where uh, he was up in the attic and the lights started to flicker and the door slammed shut. Oh, yeah. And he went down and got the owner come back up here. Yeah, we, so, we, get, uh, we get all kinds of weird, yeah. crazy stuff like that. I mean, um, the incident we had in uh, Virginia City was watching... Uh, Ellen and Marie, another Marie Yates, Marie a very Yates. good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching them on a monitor, and you could actually watch the light pulsing in the room. And it's like it would go. We bright. couldn't see it though, but it yeah. came through uh, on video. They oh, couldn't wow. see it, and the people videoing in the room could Didn't not see it. it. But it was—it's it, like you watch the video, and you can see every time that things start getting darker and darker. It would provoke and it would... Yeah, it would get darker and then all of a sudden something would happen. Yeah. You know? It was crazy. 
was it was really it was really insane. Um, yeah. And it was, it was very violent hunting. This one's probably one of the worst cases I've ever done. Yeah, you know your um, your me- you mentioned about your mom. Mm-hmm. My dad passed away in 2000, and unfortunately, it was when I was at work. One day, I came home and he I found him. He died of a massive heart attack mm-hmm. at home. We have a little studio, like a mother-in-law unit that he stayed out in, and um, uh, you know, I feel them come and go every now and again. Even uh-huh. though they they're not necessarily ghosts, we but they get what we call a day pass, where they can <laughs> kind of come back and say hi, especially like at Christmas or a birth really? or weddings. Yeah. We feel their presence around. Well, this is so typical of my dad. My dad was a World War II vet, a very much the rat ta- rat pack time yeah, type yeah. of guy. You know, all women were broads, that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, I have a tenant out in the studio, and she obviously she had never met my dad, yeah. and she had a friend over, and uh, they were having a pool party, um, and I was in bed sick, and uh, her friend was walking through the apartment door out. And she, a man's voice said to her, "Hi, I'm Bill." And oh. you know, and uh, the tenant came to the house and said, "Oh my God, what was your dad's name? I didn't know what your my dad." I said, my my husband said, "Bill. His name was Bill." And she just, you know, about fainted. But so typical of my dad to be going to this pool party with these girls <laughs> out in the yard. Yeah, there's like, like cocktails, and yeah, cocktails it's like, and everything. On. It was like perfect. So Man. they tend, they do, they, they come uh, back and they kind of let you know, hey, this is my territory, I'm still here every well, now and again. I mean, that's the thing, because before I had my encounter, um, I didn't, did not believe, but I didn't really believe. It was kind of like, you know, I don't know what's going on after, mm-hmm. after death or whatever. But invariably, whenever I tell the story to someone, 80% of the people I tell it to have their own story to yes. tell back. Yes. Absolutely. Whether it's at their grandmother's house or their aunt's house or some hotel they're staying in or whatever. Right. Um, I used to work up at the Claremont. Oh, man. And I've been dying to get in there. No <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. There was this old... Yeah, there was this, dun, dun. It used to be like a jazz club up there. Yeah. And there was an old bartender when I worked there. Hashtag he, speakeasy. Yeah. So he would like... He was a bartender back when it was a jazz club, and he's like, oh, I could tell you stories, but you'd never want to come back in here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we heard some great stories about the Claremont and the haunted room and all that. Well, a lot of times it's like, you know, a big misconception in the paranormal community is that, you know, cemeteries are very haunted. I mean, cemeteries are awesome. Love going to cemetery for the history. You know, it's like it's architecture. a great, yeah architecture. Yeah, it's a yeah. great marker of you know people's egos, lives. people's egos. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not really that haunted, and people are always like you know blown away. Why aren't cemeteries haunted? I'm like, okay, if you're in spirit form, where are you going to go? You're going to hang out in a park with a bunch of people you don't know. Or are you going to go hang out with your buddies? Or are you going to go to places that you want to go? Right. You know. There's a misconception that spirits can't travel. You know, it's like places that are always haunted, bars, hotels, theaters, right? Brothels. And old brothels. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know about that one. (laughs) Would you find that they'd go back to their home? I mean, yeah, things like that. Like I said, they're they're still upset that they didn't get Nana's China or or whatever. You know, they're looking for it or whatever. Yeah, sometimes, I mean... Sometimes it's, you know, again, it could be a lot more dramatic than that. I mean, um, we do uh, what we call crossings when we try to get spirits to cross over the other side. And I, right. I've been very big on that uh, since my experience. And then we've come up with a, a system, method. a method that works that helps, you know, there's activity. We do the crossing and then there's no activity. Okay. So, and then, you know, people are like, yeah, you got rid of it. So it's like, that's what we want to do. And the natural order of things is you live, you die, you cross over to the other side. You got work to do over there. You don't need to be on this side. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, we do these crossings and we try to get these spirits to, you know, go, no matter how hard their story is, you know, whether it's the violin or whether it's Aunt Millie's China, right. you know, <laughs> we try to get them to go. So you you were saying that 
there's work to do on the other oh, side. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so is it, the, is it the slackers that come back over here and <laughs> hang out? And it's the dude on the red couch. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Usually, um, it's people that don't know that they died. Like, um, sadly, what what bothers me the most is when we find children spirits. Yeah, that's uh, tough. That's really tough. Uh, we work really hard to move them over to the other side, calling their family from the other right. side. Mm-hmm. And that usually we're successful, but we do have one child spirit on Sonoma that doesn't want to cross, so he's mm. still there. Um, we play a game of hide and go seek with him every week, mm. where we hide uh, a fire. He he picks someone to hide a fire truck. They hide it, and we take another person. Well, actually, we take another person off first, and, and then we bring the other person back after the hire, fire truck's hidden, and he guides the dowsing rod. And oh, finds wow. the fire truck hmm. with this person, so we're not involved. We're not involved in it. In it. Yeah. So okay. there's no, no way that it can be fake. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. And it's like he's he's about ninety five percent. Yeah, ninety five, ninety seven. But you got to remember, he's like a kid. He's you like know? six he's or six eight years seven old. Seven years old, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we want those children to cross. Um, yeah. But people don't always want to. Or they might have a belief system where they don't believe in God, and then they think, oh, I was wrong, and they don't want to cross because they're afraid of judgment. Mm. You get that, but it's, you know, we have work to do. We don't, as Devin always says, you don't just sit on a cloud and play a harp for Jesus after you die. Or an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> you go <laughs> there and you, you go yeah. to the other side to evolve and become a, a, a more whole person or soul. Um, That's interesting. So, so you have to somehow convince these people to... Cross. To keep going or cross. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, it could be just as simple as them sharing their story. They're getting their hardship out, and it's almost like ghost counseling. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah, it crazy, really is. But it's like, you know, you're like, okay, we're going to do your session now. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and then after they get their story out, they're good to go. You know, and then there's other times that, you know, I think I worked with one for about four years before he was eventually ready to cross. And he, he kept coming through in what we call the death spiral. Yeah, the death spiral. It's that's our term. We made that up. Uh-huh. Um, I do that. I work as working with law enforcement. You'll find somebody that's been murdered or died traumatically, and you know I'll, it's very hard to communicate with them. One of the things you have to do is, you know, when I'm in trance, I try to say, "Okay, calm down, calm down," and they tell you their story, and they're usually very, an- you know, very emotional, very animated. You get to the end of it, and you try to get them to, "Okay, this happened, but you." they'll start right over again right from the beginning but this happened to me blah, 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 and they just oh, like a tornado over and over I, I know living people like that yes actually, so <laughs> I, I, yeah. it's called OCD yeah. yeah but they just they don't want to hear it they're just so stuck in that and it's very hard to break them it's out like of a that. loop yes. yeah let, let me ask you guys this you, you mentioned earlier uh, an American Indian spirit someone whose belief system is not let's say uh, of the Christian faith mm-hmm. or, sure. h- how do you kind of help them um, not knowing, you know, whether it's it's like a deity or, or the Mother right. Earth or right. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't put a name on it. Okay. First, so we just yeah. call the cre- creator or... The, the creator okay. or the universe. Call okay. the creator of the universe. Right. You know. And then the concept of crossing over is, is universal. I yes, it is. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. going through a doorway. I mean, it, you know, we both have studied... All the religions. You know, okay. a All lot right. of religions and, and gone into different... You know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's like you know, if I've got you know somebody who's heavily Christian based, I'm not going to go over and start talking about you know Buddha. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So you have to find something that uh, works for them and something that they feel comfortable with. Usually, that what that is is calling their the white light. Mm-hmm. which is a universal... That, too, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, the white light. And also calling their families. And then once they see their loved ones, then yeah. that helps open that door. And then they trust their loved ones, and they'll go across. It's interesting, that white light, no matter what culture, it is kind of like a universal understanding of what that is. Yep. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think one of the one of the coolest crossings we've ever done uh, in Vacaville, in my opinion, um, I ran into... Uh, a lady during our investigation who had died around 1946, was it? Right after the war. Yeah, it was like pretty much at the close of World War II. And uh, I was doing work with another team member. Ellen was working in another part of the building. So she didn't know the story. She didn't hear it from anybody or anything like that. 
and I was like, you know, this girl, she's got to cross over, and you know, her husband, she was married. The guy had joined uh, the Navy, died on um, what's the, the name Arizona? of the Yeah, the Arizona. Okay, during Pearl Harbor, died. You know, and immediately after that, she just she drank herself to death. Okay, mm. she was just like constantly drinking and just destroyed. So it took a little while for her to go, obviously, and then finally she went. Well, she was stuck, and she came through, and she's telling us the story, and I'm like, okay, you know, well, we got to cross her, we got to cross her. We got her name, and we got his name, and we got his last initial, mm. and I'm like, okay, cool. So I tell her, let's do the crossing. We do this crossing, and I always want to know what people pick up during the crossing you know what did they see what did they feel what did, you know and uh, Ellen goes it was crazy she goes now she hasn't heard the story she doesn't know the guy died on the Arizona doesn't know anything about Pearl Harbor just knows that we're crossing this chick right right and she goes I don't know it was really weird she goes you know usually we'll see a light or we'll see like them lift up or something she goes this one this guy opens his hatch. He's singing a silly song. He reaches down. He grabs her and pulls her through the hatch. Oh, wow. And I'm like, did you say hatch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and then I go into the whole story. And then, it, again, we're working with the Vacaville Heritage Council. Right. These are all historical people. Oops, sorry, guys. Okay. You know, they're history people. So what's the first thing they do? They take his name, her name, and they look it up. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, they find him. Wow. And then they found her. And it's like. You have an experience like that, and it was just like... It's so validating. It makes oh, yeah. you feel it, so good. Yeah. yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, it was that was that was a good one. Yeah. We get that. That's what we kind of live for, you know? Um, we don't charge for our tours or, you know, I mean, we charge for our tours. We don't charge for our investigations. Okay. Let me say that again. All right. We do charge for our tours. I was about ready to jump on that one. I was like, wait a minute, what? But the tours allow us to travel and do this work. So... We can't make. We don't make a living off of the tours, but right. we are able to do the work that we love. Well, if if our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, schedule a tour, or know more more about you guys, uh, what's your uh, web information? It's um, Napa Ghosts. It's plural. It's so it's N A P A G H O S T S at um, dot com. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> NapaGhosts dot com. And we'll we'll put that up on our webpage when the episode airs as well. All right. Um, any last uh, comments, Bob? No, I mean, uh, like I say, since I had my experience, I, think I always find this fascinating. And, yeah, you know, definitely. To learn more and find out, you know, what people are doing. And I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. You think Bob Wilkins is around here today? <laughs> uh, I do. If you yeah, say probably. they can travel, I think I so. Would, I would think so. I, I think, think he's so. I think he's dropping in definitely on this one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great show, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to come thank down you. here. Thank you. Thanks for having us, you. guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a good rest of the show. All right, you too. All right, Thanks. and that concludes this portion of the Planet Eight podcast. And with us is Miss Mina Harker with the Vampire Tours of San Francisco. Mina, thank you very much for uh, talking with us today. My pleasure. And uh, I would like to ask, uh, just how did you get started with? Uh, tours uh, uh, featuring the vampires in the city of San Francisco. Was it uh, Anne Rice related originally, or uh, is there some history with San Francisco and vampires? There is now. (laughs) (laughs) No, this has nothing to do with Anne Rice. Okay, all right. I started this in 2001, and I just wondered why nobody was doing it yet. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, well... Why don't I do it? <laughs> and so you've been a fan of vampires, I guess. Uh, that's what piqued your interest with the San Francisco tours? Right. And the way I wrote the script is it's about 85% true history mm. with fun vampire lore and humor mixed in. Oh, okay. Okay. And if uh, viewers wanted to reach out to you, do you have like a web page or is there a... Yes, I do. It's www.sfvampiretour.com. Okay, all right. And we'll be sure to post that on our uh, web page as well. Um, so uh, I'm going to kick it over to our chief engineer, uh, Bob. Did you have anything for uh, Mina? Yeah, so I guess is there a uh, 
particular collection of vampires in San Francisco? Is there a certain reason why you chose San Francisco over New York or Los Angeles or Las Vegas? Well, now that you mention it, I do have one in New York and one in London, too. (laughs) But but the original tour was San Francisco, and mainly because I am from there. And I love San Francisco. I love history. And vampires just fit in beautifully, especially on Knob Hill. Mm, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm sure you can. So how do the tours of in, say, London and New York differ from San Francisco? Uh, Not much. Actually, theirs also are about 85% true history with fun vampire lore and humor mixed in. Mm -hmm. And um, the only, well, the differences, of course, are the history of each city. Right. And then each of them is conducted by a different character in Dracula. Mm. Like, I do San Francisco as Mina Harker. The London tour is done as Lucy, mm. her good friend. And the New York tour is done by Dr. Seward. Oh, <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's kick it up to the satellite to uh, Karen. So what are some of the locations that you cover on the San Francisco tour? Grace Cathedral, the mm. Knob Hill Cafe, Huntington Park, the Pacific Union Club, the Fairmont Hotel, and the Mark Hopkins Hotel. Oh, that sounds great. Good, good locations. Thank you. And about how long is the tour? It's about between an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how talkative the audience is. Because <laughs> I do encourage audience participation. Oh, great, great. And let me ask you, you said this, uh, you started the tours in 91? No, 2001. Uh, 2001, I'm uh-huh. sorry. That's okay. okay. And um, so in doing this, uh, what what could someone expect? I mean, is is there uh, any surprises that they uh, might, or I guess I don't want to take away too much of your thunder. No, no, no. I was going to say expect the unexpected. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Bob, Karen, anything else? Do people... Do they dress up for the tours? Yes, they do. do. Okay. Uh huh. All year round, which is really fun. Right. That is fun. Yeah. And then do you do anything special for, say, like the Halloween season? Oh, you bet. On Halloween, I have a costume contest, and those who don't dress up help me judge those who do. Oh, Oh. okay. So everybody in the audience gets to take part in the costume contest. Very good. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets a prize, whether they dressed up or not. Oh, well, that's good, too. <laughs> it seems like such a great idea because San Francisco has such an incredibly rich history. You think of the Barbary Coast. Oh, yeah. So much going on. And I could see how vampires just could fit in wonderfully with that. Oh, beautifully, especially with people like Emperor Norton. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> I talk a lot about him at one point, and I tell about how he printed his own money with his picture on it mm-hmm. and was allowed to use it. And then I say, now what mortal could pull that off? <laughs> you know? That's a nice so touch. Gives you an, yeah. an example of the history that uh, I zeroed in on. Right. That's that sounds great. And then the, you think about the gold rush and all the people that that came into the city and what vampire that would be like a a gold mine, a bloody bloody gold mine. For the, the <laughs> really? Yes. Right? Oh yes. <laughs> that sounds terrific. Oh, thank you. So when you do these tours, how many people generally go out on the tour at one time? I've had from 1 to 95. Wow. wow. <laughs> and you never, and actually that night I would have had over 100, but two parties canceled because somebody got sick. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But um, no, I average between 20 and 30, some a night, That's and sometimes more. Yeah, yeah. And I do private tours for groups of 10 or more. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. good to know. Yeah. So. For groups at large, how do you shuttle them around the city? Or is this a, is this a walking it's tour? It's a walking okay. tour. Mm, yeah. And when I have more than 40 people, I have a microphone I use. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And everybody gets to hear you. Exactly. <laughs> well, how are you doing today at Creatures Con? You have a table set up here? Yes, I do. And I'm having a lot of fun. Great, great. 
Well, we're going to stop by later on. I haven't left our booth yet. Uh, Good. Check out the... Have you been by the uh, the table out there, Bob? I have, yeah. Looks great. And, you know, Kieran's orbiting in the satellite, so we'll have to use the interocitor and beam some pictures to her. You have to show me everything that happened. We have to get the Planet 8 drone flying through the dealer's room. Yes. Oh, how funny. (laughs) Well, look, I want to thank you very much for coming to Planet 8 and talking with us today. My pleasure. It was fun. And at some point, I think you're going to find us out on a tour with you. I would love that. That would be terrific. Okay. Enjoy the rest of the show, and thanks again. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you. And on that note, this will conclude our transmission from Planet 8. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. Continue giving us feedback and comments on our Blogspot page. Visit us on our Twitter page and our Facebook page. Be sure to go to www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com. And on behalf of Planet 8, I would like to personally wish you a very spooky, happy, and safe Halloween. Yes. Happy, spooky, creepy Halloween. And the children of the night, I wish you happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs>